I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'd thought about it. Uh, um, I had offered to get up here and preach, and I never even thought about the fact that I was going to be standing up here and playing uh, the saxophone the entire time. So you'll have to excuse me, but I'm a little bit out of breath. I haven't played in a month and a half, maybe. So I need to do better. Um, I moved my notes, and I couldn't find them. Let's go ahead and start in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, um, before we pray, and then we'll pray. If you would, everyone stand when you found it. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 1 through 10. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to get up here and share your word. I pray that it is your word that we share and that we learn from. Help me get out of the way and just be able to teach what you would have me to teach. In your name I pray. Amen. I struggled with this message. I, it, it took me a while to be able to um, lean in towards uh, where God was aiming me to go. Um, but if I had to um, title the message, I would say it's God's direction. So we just read in chapter 3 that God says in verse 1, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And then it gives us a list of just different examples of the, the different times of things to do. Um, let's go ahead and go to 2 Peter chapter 3. And I promise we'll be 
going all over because that's the only way I know how to do it. Chapter or Second Peter, chapter three, verses eight and nine. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, Jacob knows what long-suffering is, right, Jacob? We talked about it the other Sunday. What is it? Patience. God is patient, and there is a time for everything. Amen. Um, I make sure I. I want to give us a couple of examples of follow, follow uh, uh, us having to follow God's time and not. Not necessarily knowing it. Um, I was actually inspired because somebody said in a chat that it's just this season. And everybody has seasons of life. Everybody has a time for different things. And it's all in God's time. <clears throat> so we're going to talk about Moses first. So let's turn to Exodus chapter 2. And I'm assuming that we all already know the story of Moses, or the majority of it. He is one of my favorite examples in the Bible because he was one of the first people who said, when God called him, he said, who me? Not me. I can't do it. I can't stand up here. I stutter. And God said, yep, you. And since you think that, since you are going to do that, we'll give you somebody else to speak. And he gave him his, son, his uh, brother Aaron to speak with him. I went right by Exodus. So Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren, and looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out of the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, and he said to them, That did the wrong. Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killed the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And when they came to Ruel, their father, he said, How is it that ye come so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds, and also drew water enough for us, and watered the flock. And he said unto his daughters, And where is he? Why is it that ye have left the man? Call him, that he may eat bread. 
And Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses Zipporah, his daughter, and she bare him a son, and he called his name Gershom, for he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. And it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage, and they cried. And their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and even Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. I'm not saying that Moses knew what God had planned for him later on, but he stood up to the Egyptians when no one else would, but it wasn't time for him to do so. And he had to run because he was afraid for his life. Later on, we read through that Moses is called by God and leads them out in God's time, not when Moses chose to do it without thinking and chose to do it out of emotion. It wasn't Moses' call to decide when the children of Israel were going to leave the land of Egypt. It was God's timing. The next um, person that I want to talk about is Abraham and Sarah. Genesis, uh, let's see. Genesis chapter 15, 1 through 6. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. God promised. Abram at that time, Abraham, that he would have an heir, that he would have a son, and his uh, the his, his uh, descendants would number so greatly that it would fill this. It would be like the stars in the sky, and he believed him. But later on. Chapter 16, uh, verses 3 and 4. And Sarah, Abram's wife, took Agar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. And he went into under Hagar, and she conceived. When she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. 
uh, and Sarah said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was espised in her eyes. The Lord's judge between me and thee. They didn't wait. They were told that Abraham was going to be a father, but they didn't let God work. They didn't let it happen in God's time. They were getting old, so they decided they'd give God a little bit of help. And that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to know, we're supposed to be in the conversation with God to be able to find out what it is that he wants and let God do the working and just do what he tells us to do. I'll give you an example in, of my own life. I was working down in South Carolina, and um, I was 20, 22, 23 years old, and I was lonely. <clears throat> I wasn't going to church. I was saved, but there wasn't anything like that in my life. Um, I was living down in South Carolina. I was working a professional job. Um, I was uh, going to bars on the weekends. But I was lonely. And although I wasn't going to church, there were times that I would pray desperately, God, I just want a mate. I just want somebody I can confide in. I want love. I didn't end up staying down there. I ended up moving up to Maine and met my wife. Not only did I meet my wife, she's the reason why I started coming back to church. Because when I met my wife, she was a faithful attendee here. And there was, she invited me to go, oh, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. And she was like, well, I just won't go. <laughs> don't you put that on me. Fine. So I started coming. And it was in God's time. I didn't meet my significant other until I went where he wanted me to go. I didn't know it at the time that that's where he wanted me to go. Um, I wasn't necessarily trying to follow his will when I got there. But he had a plan. There was a time for me to meet my wife. There was a time designated for me to be given the chance again and to follow his will. Proverbs 16.9. I'm telling you, we're going to be all over it today. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. 
you can have all the plans in the world that you want to do, how you want to do it, where you want to do it, and it isn't necessarily the Lord's way, and the Lord has his plans. And he will direct your steps if you let him. He has it planned out. You just have to follow him. How many times do we sit here and get in the way of God working? Because I know what you want me to do, God. Let me do it. I'm, I'm because we think that God's working too slow. Well, I just want it done. I just want to, I, 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 I need to find a new job. So I'm going to go look for that new job. It's not time yet. I want to, for me, I want to find a wife. So I'm going and doing the things that I think I need to do to be able to find that wife. She's sitting up in Maine. Not ready for me yet. We have to let God work in his time and let him show us the way. Because it's not always slow. Sometimes it's fast. But the, I, I, I want to bring that up because we are supposed to continue to let him guide us and let him point us in the direction that we're supposed to lead our feet. In, I won't make us turn to it, um, but in John chapter 11, um, Jesus resurrected Lazarus. It, it, Lazarus was beloved by Jesus. And he carried, knowing that he was sick and that Jesus had the ability to heal him. We need to turn to it. So John chapter 11. Let's look at um, verse 14. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent ye may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. It was for their sakes that he was glad that he wasn't there to heal Lazarus so that they could see him perform another miracle that they knew he was capable of, he, they knew he was capable of healing. But they needed yet another miracle to show that for, for Jesus. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, 
let us also go that we may die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that, she, that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou, believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. I want to skip. Uh, let's look at verse 34. And, and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Jesus knew what he was going to do, but he still wept. He was still torn up about what had happened with Lazarus. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. And Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. It would have been so much easier for Jesus to, all right, he's fine, as he did with the soldiers. I can't remember if it was his son or his servant, but he didn't. And even in all of this, he cried, he wept, because it tore him up to do so. But there was a time for Lazarus to, Lazarus to die, and that wasn't it. But he needed to show that miracle and to have the witnesses to that miracle. In Acts 8, we see, you, you don't have to turn there, I promise I won't go that one. Um, 
God sent Philip to go talk to the eunuch. And they were having a revival of their own where Philip was. And they, God still sent Philip to go see the eunuch out on a desert road. And the eunuch was, happened to be sitting and reading his Bible, but the eunuch was on his chariot. Philip was walking. Philip caught up to the chariot and was able to preach, meet with him and preach him right where he was studying. In and the timing of that for it to be able to take place can only happen in God's timing. I promise this is going to make sense, or at least it made sense to me. I hope it makes sense to you, but I want you guys to turn to Judges chapter 2. And we're going to read 11 through 19. History is bound to repeat itself. Those that fail to learn from history are bound to repeat it. So Judges chapter 2, verse 11. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord, and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of the spoilers that spoiled them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about, so that they could no longer, sorry, they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, as the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. And yet they would not hearken unto their judges, but they went a-whoring after other gods, and bowed themselves unto them. They turned quickly out of the way which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandments of the Lord, but they did not so. And when the Lord raised them up, judges, then the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For it repented the Lord because of their groanings by reason of them that oppressed them and vexed them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers in following other gods to serve them and to bow down unto them. They cease not from their own doings, nor from their stubborn way. This the book of Judges is an example of where God would raise a judge to save them, the people from themselves, to save them out of the trappings that 
God allowed them into because they were repentant. And then as soon as that judge passed away, they went right back to it. And it happened again and again and again. The reason why I bring it up is we're kind of in the same stagnation that we were before. It's different, but it's kind of the same way. What are we going to do to be able to wait on the Lord because of the Lord's patience and long-suffering? And in Matthew 24... Matthew 24, verses 42 through 44. Watch therefore, for ye not, know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. We don't know when he's coming back. We don't know all of God's plans for us. We know that we're supposed to allow God to direct our paths. And that's what we need to do. We need to be patient and do as God leads us. We need to preach and teach the gospel. And we need to love one another. Uh, Matthew chapter 22 Verses 36 through 40. Master, what is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And then the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. I'm sorry, I'm in Mark and I needed to be in Matthew. No, I was in the right one. I'm sorry. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. That is what we are to do. That is how God is directing our paths.
Brother David.